brought to you by WakeMed Women's, caring for women at every life stage. Find a doctor, schedule appointments, and more. Download the WakeMed All Access app today. Before we begin, we want to make it clear that the information presented in this podcast is intended to be educational and nothing said by the host, that's me, or the guest, these super nice doctors from Wake Med, should be taken as medical advice. The information presented here is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Your health is important and seeking the advice of your own healthcare provider is always the best course of action. So what does deep sleep do? So it gives our body a break and our body and our brain a break. I've read places that there's an ideal length of a nap. And if I let myself sleep without an alarm clock, Mm -hmm. I'll sleep for two full hours. Okay. Okay. And is that bad? Is that hurting me? No, not necessarily. I do want to talk about screens. I feel like it's the elephant in the room. Really leave the bedtime for sleep and sex. My main job is a morning show radio host, which means I get up Monday through Friday at 4 a.m. You never get used to it. People ask me all the time, and you never, ever get used to it. Most nights, I am desperately trying to be in bed by 8 p.m. I go to bed before my seven-year-old son does most nights. If I get to bed at 8 p.m. and promptly fall asleep, which is... Not something that happens every time. I'll get close to eight hours of sleep. Most nights, I think I get an average of about seven, which isn't too bad. And yet every day around 1 p.m., I need to nap. Honestly, if you sit me down for longer than 20 minutes, I most likely will feel a nap coming on. I feel so badly for people who battle insomnia. At least I get a paycheck for depriving my body of sleep. And honestly, I don't see how we've made it as a species. If you've ever had to raise a newborn, you know the level of sleep deprivation that comes in that first year, especially those first six months. So how much sleep do we really need? Does the sun affect our sleep? Can you sleep too much? My name is Sarah King, and I think I'm speaking for every adult that I know. Because I have questions, and so do they, about sleep. I'm here with Narissa Price, MD. She is with Wake Med Hospital here in Raleigh. She's a psychiatrist. And we're talking about sleeping today. And I am happy to be the person who sleeps well. Yeah. You know, so these aren't coming from me. These are coming from my friends. And I have lots of friends who tell me they can't sleep through the night. They wake up. Or, you know, they have a really hard time turning off their brain. Mm-hmm. So w- let's start with that. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why do people wake up in the middle of the night? What is that all about? You would think wow. once you start sleeping, sure. you're just going to stay sleeping because you're sleeping and that's the best. Well, the first thing I just want to say is for those who don't sleep well, that you're not alone. It's incredibly <laughs> common insomnia. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like different things for different people. It may be that they're having a hard time falling asleep, so that shutting off the brain kind of thing. Right. Running through all the to-dos that they have to do. Or it might be that they do fall asleep, but then later they wake up during the night. Right. Maybe it's a bad dream. Maybe they just get overheated or they've been in this position long enough that it causes some pain. Um, And so there's really lots of different reasons why someone may have difficulty sleeping, Um, but it's normal to have it at some point. Yeah. So 
But why do people, once you wake up in the middle yeah. of the night, my friend yeah. Shannon, okay. she's the worst. Okay. She, I will see messages sent from her. She's Instagramming middle oh. of the night. I have told her so many times. I'm like, girl, put the phone down. Put the phone down. But she's, you know, she's not alone in that. Yeah. Right. Uh, but there's other people who will even try to go to sleep right. and they'll still not be able to. What's going on right. there? Right. So there can be several reasons. So as I alluded to, there may be some underlying physical reasons why. So, so for example, some folks may have a sleep disorder where they have sleep apnea or restless leg syndrome. And those are physical conditions that prevent you from having a restful sleep. Mm. There are others that might have mental health concerns. So if you have depression or anxiety, you literally cannot shut your brain off or you may not, um, you know, be able to sleep restfully because of the weight of those mental health conditions. Um, And so there may be lots of different reasons. So if someone is having difficulty sleeping, it would be a good idea perhaps to see a medical professional to help tease out kind of why that is. But like, let's just say you do have depression what or you know, anxiety or some kind of mental thing. Or stress. Or stress. Yeah, like what are some ways to fall asleep once you've woken up in the middle of the night? Well, a lot of times we can be our worst enemies when it comes to sleep. We have bad habits. Yeah. So, for example, instead of going to bed to go to sleep, we have our phone. Mm -hmm. And that's when we go through our social media. Or, you know, those of us who enjoy a little caffeine every now and again, Mm -hmm. maybe we've been drinking caffeine up until the night. And that can wake us up. Right. And so the first thing we need to do is look at our what we call sleep hygiene, but it's like our sleep habits. Like, are we setting ourselves up for failure with sleep? Is it dark enough? Is it the right temperature in the room? Um, Are we really going to bed to sleep or we then like picking up a book on the side of our uh, uh, table or we looking at social media? Really leave the bedtime for sleep and sex. I want to ask you about uh, the fact that you said, is it dark enough? Yeah. Because I've, my, some people fall asleep to the TV. I personally can't because mm-hmm. it's like, bing, 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 like the sure. lights I can see. Sure. Is there any health problems that come from not sleeping with full darkness? So it's interesting. It's a, even though you may go to sleep, our brain is still working. It's still processing things that have happened the day before. It's still doing, you know, physiological things around our, our body for maintenance. Okay. And if you have the TV on, if you have or radio or something, the brain is still taking that in and it's still processing that. So you're not probably going to sleep as deeply as you need to. And you do need to get through deep cycles of sleep in order to have a restful sleep. So what does deep sleep do? So it gives our body a break and our body and our brain a break to really to restore itself. And so if we're avoiding that deep sleep Um, maybe unintentionally, but it really can cause us long-term problems. Like what? And so, for example, you know, if we're not sleeping deeply, we're going to be fatigued the next day. So a lot of times patients may come to me and they're complaining about like, gosh, you know, my memory is awful. Right. But really what I find out is that they're not sleeping to begin with. They're not really going through that restful sleep. And so when they are waking up, they're not really concentrating to begin with. They're not really absorbing the data. So if you want to have a clear mind. If you want to have a clear mind, you got to have good sleep. Like that's a part of that. Well, just things like you hear meditation can help with all that. Does that mimic sleep? 
So no, but but meditation does have benefits with sleep. It also has benefit with depression, anxiety. It can lower blood pressure as well. So it say, you know, adults are supposed to get seven to nine hours of sleep. Right. Like, right. And so a lot of people were saying, yeah, right. Yeah, if they're a parent, forget about it. Right. So this might be a next best step that if you have five, 10 minutes to do some meditation, so you at least kind of get some, a little bit of rest. Yeah. A little bit of the benefit of a resting brain. You know, what stops me from meditating Mm -hmm. is because when I'm tired, I'm like, I probably should meditate. My brain feels tired. I know I'm going to fall asleep. You're going (laughs) to Which, which is the problem to begin with, right? I'm like, I've got 10 minutes. I can't pass out right now. Right, exactly. (laughs) But hey, sometimes you have to take that 10 minutes if you can. Oh, yeah. Like, what about disco naps? You know, those, Mm -hmm. like, I've heard stories that you, not stories so much, but I've read places that there's an ideal length of a nap. Yeah. And if you sleep, like, you know, I work in morning radio. Sure. I do. I get up at 4 a.m. every day. Yeah, I try to go to bed at 8. Okay. That that would be eight hours. I did the yeah, math long ago. Right. It doesn't always happen. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. So I take naps every day. And right. if I let myself sleep without an alarm clock, mm-hmm. I'll sleep for two full hours. Okay. okay. And is that bad? Is that hurting me? No, not necessarily. Now, I will tell you, so naps can be good and bad. Okay. So if they truly are a situation, as you said, that you really, it's impossible to get the eight hours. And really, this is the way you can get that extra sleep that you need. I'm not going to you know say anything about that okay but sometimes it can be a habit that we prefer the naps yeah and then we say well now i can stay up later and that's still the more ideal is to get that full uh continuous seven to nine hours of sleep that's still the ideal okay but um but if you need a nap and that does seem to restore you then and and I don't think that there's necessarily a time limit per se it's what your body needs so if i wake up and my eyes are like blinking yeah you know do you know what i'm talking about yeah. like the strobe light effect i do what does that mean does that mean that i've i've slept too long i woke up in rem do you know N- no not necessarily i mean you know, here's another thing about sleep and a lot of things that I feel like we over pathologize a lot of things. Well, I've never heard and a we say, say that before. <laughs> <laughs> we do. And we immediately assume something's wrong. Right. And it's not necessarily, you know, bodies are different. We I have quirks. It. Yeah. You know, and. The, when I get concerned, especially when it comes to sleep, if a person comes to me and they can point to, I am not functioning well, I'm not able to achieve the things I need to in life, right. and this has been going on for more than a month, then I'm worried. Beyond that, I'm like, eh, it's probably just a fluke. It's probably okay. It's yeah. human. Yeah. yeah. I love that answer. We'll be right back because you know I have more questions. Ladies, when it's your health, it's your decision. And the decision is clearly WakeMed Women's. From pregnancy and childbirth to gynecology, surgery, weight loss, your emotional well-being and your heart. The care is as compassionate as it is comprehensive. So wherever your health takes you, a lifetime of highly specialized care and a very good decision await you at WakeMed.org. I do want to talk about screens. I feel like it's the elephant in the room because you hear about, 
oh, you're supposed to like, you know, basically turn down your lights and turn off the TV and turn off the stereo and turn off your screen. We live in 2023. This is not going to happen. Right. Or does it happen for you? Are you like amazing with your sleep hygiene? I'm actually one of those enviable people that can sleep almost anywhere, anytime. I'm anytime. An, I, I know. I feel like I said the same <laughs> so, thing. So anybody true. listening to this is like, these people don't know my hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, but I will say that that is part of our problem is that our brains really haven't caught up with our society, that we're constantly on, that we can pick up the phone and be entertained or see something from, you know, whatever, um, at any time of the day. And that's not always good. Yeah. And so we do need to kind of set some limits. So that's why to your friend who has a phone near her bed, how about move the phone to another room girl i've told her this she does not listen i know it's well it's kind of an addiction it in is a way really yes. what it is and and i remember in the olden times like i'm old enough to say this that we functioned without phones just fine i was alive also before phones <laughs> okay. i remember it clearly okay. yes right. you're absolutely right and yeah. we slept better we did yeah so some of that we may have to let go of, like, again, you need your social media time, fine, but maybe the two hours before sleep, I really would try to wind down and try to look at more calming. Maybe it's meditation, maybe it's listening to easy music or whatnot. But how about TV? It, again, if it's super activating right before sleep, I think that might be something so to like look at. Calm TV, like watching like a nature documentary or I something. I think that could be great. Okay. You know, that's good. Sure. Anything that you can start to feel yourselves breathing deeply and restfully, I would say that's okay. Anything that's like making you feel tense or too excitable, I would say probably not. Okay. Yeah. So when do I know I need to call you, the yeah. psychiatrist, to, to say, I need some medicine? Yeah. My sleep is broken. Well, and, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Like, again, medical doctor that I am, I'm probably not going to throw medicines at you first. Which is great. I'm, which is great. And you don't hear that every day. So I'm falling I'm, in love with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, but probably what I'm going to do is get a sense from you what your sleep patterns really look like. What are your habits like? Sure. When you're drinking caffeine, when you're looking at social media, those sort of things first. I may have you do what they call a sleep diary as okay. well. So I can have more information. Okay. Um, I also might want to know what's going on in your life. Like, have you had more stress going on? And that can certainly trigger some insomnia. Um, Or has this been a pattern that you've had your whole life? Right. Um, Like, it really depends. And so I'll do a really good history to kind of figure that out before I look at what the options are. And there are a lot of non-medical options. In fact, there is a type of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia that's been shown to be just as successful with insomnia as sleeping medications. What about weighted blankets? So again, (laughs) for some folks, that's very helpful. What is it about that? You know, I think it brings us back to our infancy. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of that the swaddle type yeah. approach. And so it's it's very primitive. But for some people, it's suffocating and it can actually trigger anxiety. So, again, let, let's not let's have some self-compassion here yeah. in this whole process and try the things that may work for you might be different than what they were for others. OK, I do have one last question. Yeah. So teens versus children versus adults yes. versus the elderly. Yes. Right. Sleep changes Different ages. And then let's not even get into parenthood. I feel like that's a whole other podcast. Oh, I know. I know. 
Um, and in general, the pattern is from young to old, your sleep goes down. Okay. But and what about teenagers? You hear that they sleep like they, crazy. They need to because they're growing. Their bodies need. So again, like you got to think about what's the job of sleep is that there's stuff going on when you're out daydream, you know, having pleasant dreams about whatever that you need your body needs that time to recover and to grow. And so babies need a lot. They may need up to 20 hours of sleep. Yeah. Uh, teenagers, though, may need up to 14 hours, which, again, seems like you're yeah, right. Um, well, it's but, because they're, they're so irrational in so many other ways. You don't want to believe them. <laughs> sure, but they do. They yeah, need they it. They, it's not just them like pretending they really do need that. Um, but adults seven to nine, older adults maybe closer to seven. So it really it decreases. It also becomes more difficult the older we sleep. Yeah, I mean, why, get age as well. Why is it? What is what happens? Is it because we're not growing anymore? We don't have to recover so much that when we're out, when we get to our like you know sixties and seventies, that it gets harder. Well, it's that, and also our brain changes. Oh dear. And so, well, n- n- this again, it's normal. Uh, like, like we well, we just don't know nor- about we it. We don't know about it, so we assume something's wrong with me. Yes, something. but no, it's actually normal. And you know, you think about with an older person, what are the, their day may look very different than if you're raising children oh, and having to, I would hope. It should be. Yeah. And so it's it's just a natural shift. Okay. Well, I have learned a lot today. Thank you Good. so much for being so open and uh, being willing to answer all my questions because I know there was a lot of them. Honestly, I am relieved that taking my daily nap is okay. I was really worried about it. Sarah Has Questions is a production of Capital Broadcasting Company. My guest today was Dr. Narissa Price, a Wake Med psychiatrist. To find out more about her or any of the other providers from the Wake Med team, go to wakemed.org. If you have thoughts about any episode or questions you want me to ask in a future episode or ideas for an episode at all, send me a message in the link. You'll find it in the show notes. Thanks for listening.